Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. We're at it again. We are going another two hours. It's like a, it's an ultimate fighting match. And I'm in for two hours. Locked and loaded. So good to be with you today. We've got a great, uh, a great show that's going to help in a, in a variety of ways. Of course, we're going to have to review the uh, the State of the Union. Do we have to? <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what I learned uh, about the State of the Union is, wow, we can sure applaud. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just applauding. It's just constant. It's... Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. I am I am here. I mean, that's all it is. The president arrives. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Still here. What's funny about it is, uh, what are you going to say? We're okay. So the union's a little messed up. It ain't so pretty anymore. (laughs) They're not going to say that, right? No. So No. Today, the whole day today, we're going to be talking about communication, and we're going to get into marital communication. But honestly, as I watch the State of the Union, it reminds me of coaching a really messed up couple, or or a really big group session, like kind of a big group <laughs> okay. session. But it's like it's more like a couple where they really don't like each other. They both have different stories to tell. Uh-huh. But I'm only giving the floor right now to one of them, and one person gets to talk, and the other has to just sit there and take it. That can be difficult. For about an hour and a half. <laughs> and you can see the Republicans just dying. And then they, they, you know, in their little passive-aggressive ways. And every party does this. This yes. is just, this is kind of how we just act out being mature adults on, in the, on the stage, <laughs> the country stage. But um, in the end, you know, the president says what he wants to say. You can applaud if you want. Mm-hmm. You can stand. And then there's times you don't stand, Right. But you got to be careful when you stand. You got to stand for something, though. Right, right. Like you know, the state of the, the state of the union is it's it, whatever. The reality is, it's never going to be as great as one says, and it's never as bad as the other says. So it's somewhere in between. However, when you know, isn't that usually the case when you're doing coaching? Always, though, it's always too. The case. Okay, it's always the case. So if I could just coach that whole meeting, I mean, you know what? It also reminds me of it's just high school. You know, and there's the rich kids that oh, yeah. are the student body yeah. officers. Well, you have a little. You have a, in my high school. We had a few more factions going. Yeah, yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. yeah. You had, what did you call yours? We all oh, had we, factions. We, we had the, we had yeah the popular kids. Yeah. And then you had the cowboys. The cowboys. And then you always uh, had we always had the the, the jocks, the auto shop guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the guys that you know they didn't scare you except they could ruin your car. Exactly. And then you know you had the druggies. Mm-hmm. We just called ours the druggies. You had the break dancers that were the coolest people in the school. I guess I'm a little older. We had the stoners. but then... Yeah, we called them stoners. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we did call Maybe them Maybe not stoners. a great term, but... Yeah, that's probably why I didn't use it. It's so rude. But uh, so you look at that, and in that audience, it's the, it's the same thing. We're all, there's all these factions. It's kind of the rich kids. It's the pop. But I imagine, you know, the guy on the back row the whole time, like, saying, whatever, what yeah. a loser. Don't even listen to that guy. <laughs> and playing on his phone or whatever, you know? 
State of the Union. You know, I never did see anybody playing on their phone in there. Why not? I think you'd get in trouble. Oh, I would. But did you see so. anyone dozing off? Not that I noticed. You know, I'm going to bet it's Congress. You couldn't tell. But I might have been. You were, you were dozing off. The funny thing about the whole thing, too, is it, we're doing pretty well. Yes. You know what I mean? As a country, we're doing good. And you know what I'm thinking is happening is I, I think the whole thing, even President Obama's uh, ratings are going up. And I think there's one reason. Economy. Gas prices. So that, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I go buy gas for $1.81, yes. God bless America. <laughs> this is the greatest place on earth. And I've seen advertising. I've, I've seen places where it's under a dollar now. I know. I, are and you I want, serious? Yes, I am. Where? Iraq? I would like to go there. Yes, it might I cost me it. the whole tank of gas to get there. <laughs> I, I really, it, to me, it's just so fascinating. It, it, we are. It's a microcosm. That whole meeting last night was a microcosm of the country. Yes, we're all feeling a little better because gas prices are lower. There's other reasons. Economy's booming, supposedly. Yeah, and it's relative. There are some people who <clears throat> might not be feeling not right. Good, and. We hear an hour and a half of the president, then we have to listen to the, you know, the opposition. Yeah. And, and they get up and, and tell their side. And honestly, here's the reality. We all pretty much believe that America's great. This is what I work with my couple. So of everything that we say, there's still a lot we agree on. Yeah. Certain positions we can't agree on. But, but just because you disagree on a position doesn't mean you can't agree on an outcome. That's right. That's right. And it also doesn't mean that we – but we don't always usually talk about where we agree. True. So if we went through and just had a State of the Union where we agreed, it would be pretty phenomenal. You know what I mean? We don't I, have to oh, oppose that would be, everything. That would be just so amazing. Do you know where we would probably do that is you know, when we're hit by another bomb. Yes. Mm-hmm. When, we're, when we are attacked, we'll all unify well, around what is good. You kind of remember the, the State of the Union after you bet. after 20, uh, 2011? That's right. Or tw- uh, tw- uh, tw- tw- 9-11, yeah. excuse me. 2001, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, we'll unify until we, we're getting fat and happy. And now that we're yep. fat and happy again, the fight you know, continues and we ensue. It'd be interesting anyway. to hear State of the Union – if it, if because you know the State of the Union was not it's it it does not have to be a speech. Oh, it could have been a dance. No, it, you, okay. <laughs> the president does have to deliver a State of Union yeah. State of the Union to Congress. It could just be a letter, but it can be written. Yes. Oh wow, where's it does that not president? Ha- I that's what I'm looking for. What I would love to see is like a cartoon. Yeah, but I'm wondering like you were talking about how you know unifying the nation. Yeah. What about World War II? I wonder what the State of the Union oh. was like. You know, seriously, in World War II, I would I would love to hear those speeches from Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I would, you know, if war. it was a speech. That... Our our people are dying, and yeah. and we're not going to worry about standing up. Everyone just stands. Yeah. After nine eleven, you just stood. You stood for the flag. You stood exactly. for the president. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. And again, a microcosm of our communication. And and I really truly believe uh, the the whole political process. You know, it's designed to be. A, a duality, a dichotomy, yes. a beat down, two sides, let's beat it down. And, you know, however, it doesn't work if we can't talk. Oh, that. And there's and, a lot of strong arming you saw going on there and mm-hmm. a lot of kind of passive aggressive stuff and aggressive aggressive. And I didn't hear a lot of working last night no. from no. either side. No. There's a lot of non starters. There are. And everyone's throwing them out. So what we probably need to do is we need to call a mediator. Hopefully it's not a divorce mediator, but we need to call a mediator into into Congress and sit them down divorce. and we need to start we need to start reconciling. Thank you.
That was a great idea. It's just a great idea. Thank you. Thank you. I can't believe all of Congress is standing for you. Well, that's amazing. You know, what's really amazing is that's one comment. And I think President, I think President Obama only made six comments with hundreds of hours of clapping. <laughs> anyway, every president does it. I, I was very grateful he wasn't like uh, President Clinton that went on for hours and hours and hours. You remember those that days? That happens, yes. And that was just – that's fun. But anyway, uh, today on the show, we are going to be talking to Aaron and April Jacob, who are going to teach us – about communication, relationships. We're going to get into that yeah. a little bit later in the show. Julie's going to be on. She is. She's uh, a spoonful of parenting.com website. She's going to be talking to us about children. Yeah, and communicating with them. I mean, you know, maybe if we started with our children and then our marriages. I believe the children are our future. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll stop that. Okay. That was weird. Wait a minute. No, no. Oh, jeez. It was another 10 minutes. Well, thank you. I want to thank all of you. Thank you very much. I wonder if that was just a clap track. You think that was just a clap track that they just kept pulling up? You mean like a laugh track yeah. on a sitcom? Yeah. <laughs> They're all clapping. Well, if it wasn't for the live cameras, yeah. it might. yeah, I might have thought. You know, and we've got to get to it. I don't know when we'll get to it. But we eventually have to get to uh, Inflate Gate. Oh, gosh. You know? We may have to do that. We'll leave me a little later. We may on do the show. that, you know, because I've heard lots of comments about. Yeah, that. in the coaching corner, maybe we'll get to that. Oh, we can inflate our egos. You maybe. can't cheat, and apparently, you know, people are well, apparently you can. People are calling the Patriots cheaters. We'll get to that as well. Again, can't we all just get along? Can't we communicate a little bit better? That's today's show. Again, discussing the importance of communication in our relationships and in Congress as well. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. April and Aaron Jacob, the bloggers are going to be uh, talking to us about how to communicate with your spouse. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, call me maybe. Little Carly Rae Jepsen to start the show. You know, we got to communicate. One way to do that is call me. It's a hard thing. You'd think that we, you know, we were all born with mouths. And most of us have ears. So you'd think we'd be able to just communicate. But apparently it's difficult. But everybody has hands, too. Yes, they do. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Please sit down. I've got to get through this, get home, get some ribs, <laughs> go to bed. It's, a, uh, it's an interesting thing. And, uh, again, as, as a coach, I, I you know, make a living teaching people relationships, couples, how to talk. And how to solve problems. And it is a big, big deal. And I honestly think most of us have never been trained in it. Most of us have never had a communications course. I think before you get married, you need to, you need to know conflict resolution skills. I also think before you go to Congress, you also ought to have conflict resolution skills. I also think before you become president of the United States or an astronaut or whatever else you might do in life, you need 
to learn to communicate and relate with people. So we decided today to bring in uh, some experts, some people that uh, they're married, A, but also they have been, they're the founders of the website Nurturing Marriage, which is a website dedicated to strengthening marriages and families everywhere. Their names are Aaron and April Jacob, and they are passionate about offering practical resources and action items that will help couples. They live in Colorado with their two young boys and enjoy watching and playing sports. Uh, yeah, uninflating, what's the word? Deflating basket or footballs, deflating footballs. For is the that local... where the inflate gate comes yeah, from? Yeah, that's where it comes okay. from. It's Colorado. Uh, deflating footballs for the local football team and eating cereal late at night. We're so uh, excited to have April and Aaron Jacob. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for having us, Matt. We are excited to be here. How are you? Now, we got a little echo going on, but Sean's going to work on that. Uh, April, you're on, right? Is Aaron on? Yep, I'm here as well, Matt. It's great to join you. And Aaron has an echo as well. Uh, hmm. Okay, maybe can you both talk again? Yep, I'm here. That's it. You guys aren't in the restroom, are you? No. Okay, because a lot of times I get an echo in the restroom, which is why I sing in the bathroom so much. Right. Oh, there we go. You sound great now, April. Aaron, okay. are you there? Is that better? Yeah. I'm still here. Is that That's a perfect. better now? Game on. Fixed. Problem solved. Now, you two little lovebirds, how long have you been married? Almost seven years. Seven Young. years. Oh, interesting. Have you heard, have you, have you written about the seven-year itch yet? We haven't, but... We've heard about I it. I bet you have. That you're avoiding it. Talk first of all, you know, before we get into some of the articles you've written that we want to discuss, one was ten tips to promote healthy communication. Uh, another one is being independently dependent. Talk about your blog a little bit for us and, and just tell us how you guys started the blog. Yeah, I can Great. jump in on that one. I think uh, certainly both April and I were pretty passionate people and and our marriage and our relationship together you know, over the last seven years, really has grown to mean everything to us. And yeah. We've certainly had our bumps in the road, and our marriage isn't perfect by any means, but really, as we look back, it's been an incredible source of joy and satisfaction and, and real stability for the both of us. And, and we would sincerely hope that, you know, every couple could achieve that and could enjoy kind of a happily ever after that they've, you know, looked for. Yeah. And we really think that that's possible in marriage. You know, we think certainly you have to be intentional about it. It doesn't just happen on its own. It takes a lot of work and effort. And we're on that, you know, journey along with many other people. And so we wanted to start the blog really to see what we could do to help inspire others to do the little things and be intentional about their marriage, um, things that could really make a difference and, and help them to achieve what they'd always wanted to achieve with their marriage. Yeah. I, you know what I love about it, too? Because in there, you're very clear on your website that, you know, you're not counselors, you're not therapists, but you're just passionate about making it better. And you, you have to make your own better, yet, so why, while you're at it, why not try to influence others? Absolutely. And it's really been a fun journey for April and I to be on together. We've, we enjoy working on it. It's you know, better than we figure watching just TV or doing whatever else we could be wasting. Or time the State on, of the but, Union. Or, or the State of the Union. I actually <laughs> like the the reference and 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 talk about that earlier. I read a I read an image this morning on social media that said, you know, what is the state of your union Re- referring to? You That's know, how, great. What what is your house looking at? But it's been a great project for the two of us to work on together. Well, that might be a great thing for every couple to go do. What if we had to go do? Our uh, state of the union, and then we could have applause. Like, <laughs> I think our, we're 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 doing a great job with our marriage, and then the other wife has to applaud. 
or the spouse applauds and the husband <laughs> applauds. Wouldn't that be great? I like it. It's just an idea. We're just throwing it out there. Hey, uh, April, now how did you guys meet? And, um, you know, tell just tell us about, a little bit about, uh, was it love at first sight? You know, was it? Yes. Did he, did he chase no, you down? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of pursued him. Atta so girl. Aaron and I met in ninth grade. Oh, wow. Um, first period. Kind of <laughs> saw him across the room, this little guy who hadn't really reached puberty yet. Yes. But um, over time, his charismatic personality and the good guy that he was kind of attracted me. So I fell hardcore for him in ninth grade. And we kind of had this puppy love, write each other little notes thing going. Um, and then it just kind of fizzled. High school, yeah. good friends. Summer on break. Day, um, he was in Australia. Yeah. And we kind of reconnected while he was in Australia. And then when he came home, he did have um, a handful of girls who were interested in him, but I kind of pursued him. Yes. And I won. You conquered. <laughs> Woohoo! You won. So that's how we met. And then, uh, then you got married. Uh, now you, married. you, I guess you guys attended BYU. That's correct. Yep. You survived. Mm-hmm. True blue. That's pretty that's cool. And then, and then, then you moved to Colorado, I guess, for work, and and then that's when the website came about. That's right. And we spent a little bit of time um, outside of Manhattan. We spent some time in San Diego, and we've been in Colorado for about a year and a half. Do you like, do you like the clear, the clean air and the the mountains? Those guys, mm-hmm. we do. We're loving it. Well, talk to me about this. On your blog, you put together ten tips to promote healthy communication. And talk about that. As again, I I work with people all the time on communication, and it really is. It's one of those things where we I think we all think we know how to do it, but then deep down we know we don't when there's conflict. You know, it's funny when we were first engaged, and I think this is pretty common for couples when they get engaged. We had all kinds of people that were willing to offer all this wonderful marriage advice, with, yeah. which we appreciate at the sure. time. Um, it, I think it gets a little old after a while for most engaged couples. Right. By far the most common piece of advice that we were given was, you know, communication, communication, communication. And while we think that's phenomenal advice, sometimes I think it's hard to really break it down, um, this common saying of, of having good communication into real practical tips and suggestions that can be implemented in your marriage. Yep. So that's really what we were trying to accomplish with this post is, you know, let's let's take – what good communication uh, is, and let's break it down and, and see if we can actually discover what are some real practical steps that we can implement in our marriage that can make a difference. I love it. And, I mean, it, it's the, just the word is like, it's almost like forgiveness. One of the keys to a healthy marriage is forgiveness. But that's a big word, too, right? And that You get these simplistic little words, concepts, but you're saying we need the tools. We need the real skills. Go to number yeah. one. Oh, go ahead. Are you with us, Aaron? Yep. Okay, April, are you still Aaron, there? Are you with us? Yep. I'm here. Yeah, okay. I was just going to say, I think I think it's important for couples to decide to be to become experts in communication, to decide that they don't have to settle for mediocre or good communication, but that with practice and learning all they can, they can gain those skills to have phenomenal communication in their marriage, I love which will be a key foundation. So, our first tip is to think about what you want to say before you say it, which is sometimes hard <laughs> yep. for ladies to do, um, and think about how it will come across. Yeah, think you of how, it, how it's going to land, yeah. Yeah, you could say something in a tone that's rude or demeaning or belittling, or you could say something 
in a kind, uplifting, polite, respectful tone. Um, our example was, you know, I could be shopping online and Erin could, could say, you are so addicted to shopping. You're always buying stuff and spending all our money. You seriously need to stop. And I'd probably get defensive. You bet. I'd be like, I'm not either. You spent money on that watch. And, you know, I'd list things instead of him saying something like, April, I feel frustrated when you buy things online without talking to me first. And that could open up a door for us to have a conversation about our finances, yeah. and about what I want to spend things on and what those things mean to me and what he wants to spend our money on or save our money. Um, so I think it's important to be respectful and polite, to start with, start with a positive comment even and point out something good that your spouse is doing Yeah. instead of starting with something negative. And I noticed that in that example, you were very specific. So instead of just throwing out like an interpretation, like you're addicted to shopping, yeah. you, you were suggesting more that it, you, he just state his feelings and be specific as to why he feels that way when you buy things online without talking to me. So he's not like attacking your character. It's just an act. I feel frustrated. And he's not hanging a really weird title on it. And the interesting thing to me about that is I could be, you know, very well-intentioned in what I'm trying to communicate. Yeah. But if I don't take the time beforehand to not necessarily practice, maybe you do practice, but if I don't take the time beforehand to kind of think about how it's going to come across and how I want to say that, then, then I could send a message that I never intended to send. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so true. And then if you never actually communicate about your communication, that's one of the things we have to do is actually talk about our talking, right? And, Absolutely. And, and like you were saying, make it make it intentional. We're going to get great at this, so let's just give each other some feedback about it. Hey, let's take a break. We're talking with uh, April and Aaron Jacob from the website nurturingmarriage.org. Again, their goal is to give us the tools, give us ideas, real insights, specific things we can do today to actually go make a difference in our communication. Stick with us. They've got a lot of other ideas we're going to come back and and get into when it comes to communication. And if you have any questions about improving communication or comments, give us a call. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'd love to get you on the phone. With the pros, we're taking a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. you listen tell me we don't hear that a lot that's a great song i've never heard that song collective soul huh hey, you've never heard that one Mm-mm. oh come on no i know it's it's might be a little on the old side but it's not that old no it's way old nah nah <laughs> they used to they used to not listen back then that's true now everyone listens right because now we're tweeting we're facebooking we're instagramming we all have a voice but no one's listening. It's sad but true. And so we've asked some uh, some guests to come on from the website nurturingmarriage.org. If you and your spouse want to get more intentional in your marriage, if you want to figure out a way to um, just gain some skills to nurture and to, to grow uh, stronger together intentionally, it's a great website to go check out, nurturingmarriage.com or .org, nurturingmarriage.org. Our guests are April and Aaron Jacob. 
They're the founders of the website. Again, they don't claim to be pros, but they do claim to be married seven years. Uh, two beautiful, is it two beautiful boys? That's right. That's right. And uh, the the cool thing I think about that is you're just like the rest of us. You're not just throwing out a bunch of advice that you haven't tried to live. You're learning as you're going. Absolutely. That's, right. that's one of the great things. That's one of the great things that, w- that we've really enjoyed is, you know, we're learning through the process. One of the things that we do on the website is uh, we interview couples. We have a, a, a section called our featured couples because we like learning from other people. And, you bet. And there are a lot of great ideas out there, and, and no two marriages are the same. Right. And uh, what works for one couple might not work for the next. So we have really enjoyed being able to interview other couples, some that we know, some that we don't know, and have really learned a lot from them. And getting as many ideas as you can. I mean, really, I love the idea, too, that we're not all the same. Everyone's different, but we need the ideas. We were going over that list of 10 tips to promote healthy communication. We've already talked about you got to think about what you say before you say it. The next one is don't give the silent treatment. Talk about that. Uh, maybe why don't you, Aaron, go, go for that one. What's the big deal with the silent treatment? I mean, it seems well, like for a is, lot of people, it's at least we're not fighting. <laughs> that, that's true. So maybe that is a plus. <laughs> um, this is one area that admittedly I'm not very good at. It's something that I have to make an intentional effort because I think my natural tendency uh, is to kind of shrivel up and, and mind my own business. And yeah. I think that that's, that that's really uh, uncommon, especially for uh, males. And so it's something that I really have to work at, but, but I find that just – making the conscious effort to sit down and say, April, there's obviously something on your mind. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to listen. I'm not going to shut off. It really helps. Oh, yeah. The silent treatment is nothing more than just the opposite of the aggressive treatment, right? So one of us is going to be aggressive and kind of, you know, poke the tiger, and the other is going to just run away. But uh, the silence isn't going to help either, really, because we're not dealing with it. Yeah, I think sometimes um, it's important to maybe take some time to go cool off, especially if emotion has become heated, right? Right. And you're feeling all sorts of emotions, and you're going to say things that you regret. You're not going to be able to explain how you're really feeling or the motives behind what you're feeling. So I think it's good to to be okay. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to go take a bath. Let's talk about this in a little bit, or let's talk about this tomorrow. And sometimes that's hard for the other spouse if they want to talk through things and resolve things right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think you need to be wise enough not to force your spouse to talk and try and yeah. be coercive about that. So giving them the time that need, they need, but but not letting the silent treatment become a regular method of handling conflict where you slam the door, you drive off, you don't talk for two hours, you don't talk for three days, um, and just recognize that that can become a very abusive form of behavior. And so if, as husband and wife, you can talk about that not being an option in the way that you communicate with each other, mm-hmm. it will help you learn that there are healthier ways when you're feeling those emotions and when you're frustrated. Um, I so love just, that. Just deciding that's not going to be part of what we do. Yeah, and it's, and, and it's just saying no matter what, we are going to address this if now's not the right time because we're being flooded with emotion, we'll come back to it. But I guess that's the rule is we always come back mm-hmm. and we always mm-hmm. we're going to always deal with it. You also talked about try and see things from the other person's perspective and acknowledge their feelings. Seek to yeah, understand. Oh, we're not so easy, but yeah. so important because I think we naturally see people more as we are than as they are. 
Right. And we see them as what we think is right, and we have these judgments, and we make assumptions, and we can't read their mind. I mean, I think I'm pretty good at reading Aaron's mind, but I'm <laughs> not. And he can't read my mind. Right. So it's important to, to listen, which is another one of our points we'll talk about, um, but to seek to understand and then to repeat back what you're hearing. You know, so what I'm hearing is that you're upset that I was late to that event, and you probably feel like I don't care or that I didn't realize how important this was, and they're nodding their head, yeah, yeah, I feel understood, I feel listened to, and then it's really sometimes not such a big deal anymore. Well, see, and, and that's different, isn't it, than me, than me trying to put the words in your mouth like saying, so it sounds like what you are is just a weak puke that can't handle <laughs> real conversations. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we do instead of listening, is I'm trying to kind of mold you into my argument. And that doesn't work, does it? So we really need to be able to explain it the way the other person is really feeling and show them we're getting what they're feeling. We'd have to agree, right? But I can get it. That's cool. The other thing that I think is is important with that is, you know, always giving your spouse the benefit of the doubt. It it can be very damaging to, to jump to conclusions or to make assumptions when you haven't really understood their perspective. And, you know, one of the things that, that I think everybody really yearns for is this desire to be understood. Right. And we want to be able to know that our spouse you know, or our friend, that they really understand us and are comprehending how we're feeling. And when we don't feel understood, we end up reacting, you know, whether that's silently or verbally or with actions. But usually those, those, those gut reactions are probably uh, negative. Yeah. And so uh-huh. I, I think it's important to, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt and fully hear them out. Don't make assumptions. And uh, I think you'll find that most of the time you're really on the same page. Right. You, you know what I can just hear people saying out there, and maybe it's just because of my experience. Yeah, these are all really great ideas, you guys, but you don't know my husband. He's, <laughs> you don't get it because he's really difficult. And, but the reality is, if we're not in the same space, and that's what you're kind of saying, is we've got to make the space safe, and we've got to be there, and we've got to make them feel heard before we try to be heard. But if it's not safe, it doesn't matter what you're doing. In the end, if you're fighting or flighting and running away, it's not going to work. Right. You're going to run each other out. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Think- when you're when you're trying to see things from the other person's perspective, I like to think about your starved um, yeah. stuff, the safety. Do you feel safe in this conversation, this relationship, and trust? You feel trusted, appreciated, respected, validated, encouraged, and dedicated. I love to think about those needs that we have, and you know, your husband may be really hard, and sometimes. Communication, it's just going to take time. It's going to take a lot of patience and a lot of forgiveness and a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And if you as a spouse who recognizes that your husband does not have these skills and doesn't care about these skills, if you can be the strong one and just stick with it, hopefully, eventually, his heart will be a little bit softer and he'll learn from your example at least a few positive communication skills. It might not yeah. be easy, but... That's the cool... That's the rule I always use, is um, two heads are better than one, right? So it'd be great if we both could do it, but one is mm-hmm. better than zero. So if I could just get one of us to do it in the right time, on the right moment, at any given time, you know, we got a shot. 
And then you you guys have totally influenced me to think about this long term. I mean, you're in your seventh year. So if our in our if if our in our first year of marriage we committed to just keep learning and we're eventually going to get this, you know, by the time you're in seven years of continuously learning, reading, studying, working on it, looking at websites and practicing it, we're going to be better. And then by what's great is by our fourteenth year, you know, when we have teenagers, (laughs) we're gonna be even better. And by the time, you know, yeah. so th- there, there's time to learn this it, you, and you don't have to learn it all today and be perfect at it. You just need to be working on it. I think that's a great thing to remember that healthy communication skills, really, they don't come naturally to most of us. No. And I know that's certainly the case with me, but thankfully, these are skills that can be practiced and they can be learned and they and they can be developed. So one of the things that, that we are really trying to do is make sure that we are you know, a positive influence out there that, you know, we wouldn't want anyone to be discouraged because communication isn't in communication in their marriage isn't quite where they want it to be. Right. It can get better. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that it's a, you know, it's, it's not like you have to climb a, a huge mountain for it to get better. If we could take practical and rather simple steps, you can see real progress and real improvement. And, and we want to be um, huge proponents of, you know, positivity and, and making little steps that will, that will, you'll see big results from. Oh, and I think that's, that is the key there. And and there's hope and progress as long as I think we're learning, right? As soon as we kind of Mm -hmm. get entrenched and we start arguing for why we're so dysfunctional, I think that's what sets us up to remain dysfunctional. (laughs) That as soon as, if we can stay humble enough to say that there's a lot to learn. And we've had uh, John Gottman, one of the great marriage researchers of all time on the show before. And he's, you know, he's he's a, a big advocate that it's just today. Just do what yeah. you need to do right now. And right now, if if what you need is a little time out and a little break, let's take it. But let's not just assume we always should. And, to if, you know, later tonight, if we know we need to engage it, let's just have the courage to start to talk. And if it gets out of hand again, let's pull back. And we, we've got time. Let's just do what we need to do right now. I think that's phenomenal advice. And, you know, and that's from the guy that, you know, knows studies, reads about it. Um, Let's do this. Let's take a break. I want to come back again. We're talking with April and Aaron Jacob from the website nurturingmarriage.org. Just an awesome resource for you to go improve the skills you need and also just kind of get in a community where you can hear what other people are saying, what works for other couples. The idea is throw as much out there that can work. I think so much of this is principle-based and and fundamentally so sound, and then the, the community helps a lot to know that you're not alone. We'll take a break. More when we come back, my friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Talk, 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 talkity, talk, talk. Again, uh, this is talk, talk by talk, talk. Yes, it is. It is, is it is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, another song from the '30s. No, no, I'm just kidding. What year? Well, I've never heard this. The song. '80s was talk, talk a band. Yeah. Where was I in the '80s? I don't know. I was in high school. Uh, yeah. I was probably in auto shop. Mm-hmm. Being one of those auto shop guys. There you go. 
Hey, today uh, we're talking you were, about talk you're and communication. Having, you know, off with your sisters trying to I was. I was keep probably, from, I was. Keep the guys away from them. Yeah. That's the deal. That's why I learned some communication skills because my sisters would talk, talk. And I would listen, listen. Listen and listen and listen and listen. That was Collective Soul, but that was not in the 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was another one. Hey, uh, we've got a great guest today from the website nurturingmarriage.org. Actually, two great guests. April and Aaron Jacob, uh, they are the um, the landlords of the property nurturingmarriage.org, which is a site you know designed to help us nurture. And I love, if you go to the website, right on the landing page, they've defined the word nurture. It's a noun, and it is the care and attention given to someone or something that is growing or developing. And their goal is to nurture marriage and help each of us nurture our marriages on the website. Some wonderful articles with real skills. So instead of just throwing out an idea like you need to communicate, they're going to teach us just skills and tools. They don't profess to be experts, but they... You know, there's a lot of just basic concepts and and tools out there, and and they're going out finding them. And then another neat thing, they bring in other people, couples, to just talk about what they're doing that works. Sean, what were you going to say? Well, it looks like we just lost April, but Aaron, are you still there? Yep, I'm still here. Aaron's holding down the fort. April uh, must have not, you know, renewed her calling card. We'll we'll, we'll get her back on the phone. I know we will. But uh, one of the things, as I was looking through this top 10 list, the top 10 tips to promote healthy communication, one of them, and I I totally agree with this, and I teach it in my class, but I want to know how you guys got there. When you're communicating with your spouse, you guys suggest that we should sit next to your spouse when you talk, hold hands or touch in some way, and don't try to just talk across the room. Yeah, this is a this is one that April especially is a big proponent of, and and part of it comes from this idea that our body language and our facial expression, posture, gestures, you know, position, that can often speak much more loudly than the actual words that are coming out of our mouth, and it can be very helpful. You know, I, I might I might be misrepresenting something that I'm intending to say yeah. to April through my words, but perhaps my actions send a very different signal and kind of give her comfort that the real message I'm trying to share is one of That's great. You know, compassion and concern and, and, you know, real friendship here. And so I think, you know, it is an important thing to, especially when you're trying to have a more difficult conversation, yeah. that you block off some time, go on a walk together, hold hands, where you can really be connected, um, you know, emotionally, you can be connected physically, where, you know, it makes having those conversations mm-hmm. much, much easier. I've seen, even with the couples I work with, when they're touching each other, it's almost like, uh, it, what's it called? It short circuits the fight or flight response because he's, for example, still getting touch. And that's that feels comforting and loving. And she's actually able to say stuff because he's kind of numb with touch. Or yeah, absolutely. Or I've seen sometimes just going on the walk makes it so the whole goal of talking isn't talking. If we're walking, a lot of times I've noticed even with my own kids, they don't even know we're having a conversation if we're shooting hoops. And <laughs> yep. and I can kind of sneak the conversation in simply because we're doing something active. A lot of times in some of the research you'll you'll see that guys when they're talking about communication they don't necessarily communicate. The communication is not their goal. 
some result is their goal, some outcome. And so when we make the goal just simply talking, it, sometimes it throws the guy off. So instead, let's shoot hoops or let's touch. Yeah. Do you think the president and, uh, and, and Boehner could get together and maybe if they just got closer, talked, they don't have to hold hands or anything, but just in my class, I have them go knee to knee. I, I want their knees almost touching. So they're kind of squared up on each other. And, and we're in that closer, more intimate space. I think there's power there. I don't know if we can get the president to do it, but. Yeah. Who knows? yeah. The other thing that I think it really helps with is is if is if there's physical separation between you when you're having a conversation, it's very easy. At least I find it's very easy to zone out. Oh yeah. And when you're zoned out, you're not really internalizing the message that's being sent. It's easy yeah. to jump to these conclusions, like we talked about, and, and really miss the message. And on the other side, it's it's not not only is it easy for you to miss the message, but it's easy for your spouse. Um, to see that you're not getting the message, which mm-hmm. can just kind of lead to a snowball effect. So oh. I think all around it can be very helpful. And hey, and by the way, on the zoning out, one of the funnest things I've learned is, you know, our attention span. It, it used to actually, when I started this whole business, it was about 24 seconds. And apparently, I just heard one of our researchers on the on the show a few weeks ago say it's about 12 seconds now. So wow. if, if your spouse, if you're talking to your spouse about a difficult issue and they're and they've gone longer than, let's just say, 20 seconds, they're going to start losing you. So that's one of the reasons. And, and April brought it up that if I if I would just maybe speak a couple, two or three sentences and let my partner just catch up and show me they're getting me by reflecting it back, it keeps them in the game. It also, I've noticed, slows down the conversation. And what I know, and you tell me if you see this in your situation, a lot of times when when it starts getting crazy and, and we're more tense, we start speeding up, we start getting louder, and we start talking longer instead of slowing down, which would be more effective, and you know, and and saying fewer things. Do you yeah, I, do you see that? I, I see I see that occasionally in our own marriage, so I think it's very You see that in that, me. Let's does, be honest. Yeah. yeah. It, is that it? April's back. I like I like to talk fast and loud. Yes, I'm sorry I got disconnected No, that's there. great. You're back. That's all that matters. And But you, you like to go faster, and sometimes I get this look in some of my the, the husband's eyes when we're coaching them that they look <laughs> overwhelmed, like, what is she saying? This is all yeah. too fast. So slowing yeah. down can help too, right? Absolutely. And just on that notice of slowing down, I think just staying on topic. It's very easy yeah. for me, if we're talking about oranges, to bring in apples and bananas and strawberries and last yeah. year and seven years ago. Instead of just having that conversation about that thing that we both don't see eye to eye on right now. Love it. And I mean, really, and that's that's I call that smorgasbording, right? Where we just mm-hmm. it's like going to the famous smorgasbord where you can pick and try everything in the fight. Let's see if this sticks. Yeah. Oh, that didn't work. Let's. How about this? How about the quiche? Um, yeah. What about you? Give some great other rules. Uh, listen, 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 and then no name calling. Mm. You, you can't start throwing, you know, labels out there and name calling. Right. The minute you're doing that, we're in trouble. Big trouble. Um, I think name calling, and and perhaps it comes from how people were raised and the communication skills that they were raised with, but. It's easy to just want to vent your frustration and anger through calling somebody a jerk. Yeah. Just like they think it feels good and maybe it does momentarily, but it doesn't help. And it, 
and it doesn't communicate anything except negative feelings and emotions for your spouse, which makes them feel bad about themselves and want to shut down. So I think that's another hard and fast rule for couples to set is that we don't name call. We have enough respect for each other that even when we disagree and even when we bug each other and even when we're not having the best communication, we don't yell. Yeah. We don't name call. We don't throw tantrums. We don't swear. We don't criticize. We don't turn on our spouse into this, you know, hate attack of all things negative about them. So I think that's just a hard and fast rule. We don't do that. And so we're going to have to find a better way. We're going to have to find a respectful Mm. way and make it work. I love it. You can't, yeah, because all those other things seem to just kind of blow it up, right? So maybe Mm -hmm. we use those to get out of having a healthy conversation. But you're saying if you don't allow those to happen, like we, we literally say as a couple, we're going to make rules that we don't do that. And another thing I say is eventually stay together because you have to somehow teach your brain that your partner's not a threat. Because your yeah. brain's reacting to, you know, your partner like they're a king cobra ready to strike. <laughs> and it's not. It's just your wife asking, do I look fat in this? And um, it's just a question. But we react like it's this incredibly, you know, life or death kind of situation. But th- th- those are rules. And I- I'm a big believer in rules. And because, you know, even though the Patriots don't follow the rules in the NFL and they <laughs> they play with deflated balls, but it's OK. But I believe that the rules make it safe. And so what I love that you're doing in this discussion um, uh, on your website and in on the website, nurturingmarriage.org, but also in just in that article of 10 tips to promote healthy communication is you're having, you're giving us 10 things we can go talk about with our partner and agree mm-hmm. to those rules. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. When we're in the calm and yeah. cool of everyday life, when we're not upset at each other. That's right. So I couldn't agree more. I'd even print the article and then I just keep it by your bed and put it by the fridge. And then the next time we're having one of these serious conversations, let's just go back to our rules. Yeah, and that's let's a great just, idea. You know what I mean? And make it more, make it more of, you know, something we want to master are these 10 things or, the, you know, they can go add 10 of their own to it and, and just kind of start creating the playbook. I think it's powerful. Yeah. You guys are changing lives. I think <laughs> you bring you. up a good point that it's, it's important to communicate about communication. And you had mentioned this earlier and and on our website, we, you know, we kind of identified six different, what we call six pillars of nurturing marriage. Mm. And, and you can see those on the website. But for, for us, communication is kind of the foundation that those six pillars sit on. And it's important that, you know, you take the time that you communicate about these things, kind of set the, you know, what does the playbook look like for the two of you? And then you can roll with that on a go-forward basis, and, and you'll have success. Yeah. And we can change. We can adjust it. It's not, you know, it's not permanent, but it's just it's just productive. Hey, as we as we wrap it up, um, I'd love to hear what we always like to end uh, an interview like this is discussing about um, the one thing. So if you guys could just give us the one thing that you think is the biggest thing or the thing that makes the biggest difference to healthy communication, what would you say it is? Aaron, what's the one thing we all need to remember? You know, I think for me, it, it really boils down to, you know, where is the starting point? Making sure that before you jump into 
you know, a tough conversation or before you, you know, assume the worst, really take a, a step back and think, all right, this is my spouse. I really love this person. I know that they would never intentionally hurt me. I don't intend to hurt them. We're really on the same team here. And if you have that foundation to build off of, you know, I'm a firm believer that there's there's nothing that the two of you can't tackle together. So communication for me is making sure that you take a step back and you remember you're on the same page. Absolutely. Or maybe you're not on the same page, but but really you're we're, you're on the same team. Yeah, here, and we're you're on the same. To accomplish team. the same goal. Cool. Uh, uh, great answer, April. Give us. Uh, we got about ten seconds, fifteen seconds. What would you I say? Would say? I would just say be positive. We talk a lot about how to handle communication when it's negative, but be positive. Catch your spouse doing good. Express your love. Express appreciation. Tell your spouse they're beautiful. Practice positive yep. communication on a day-to-day level, and that will strengthen your ability to handle communication during negative times. Beautiful. Uh, April, Aaron, Jacob, thank you so much. Again, everybody go check out the website, nurturingmarriage.org. Great tools. We're going to take a break. We'll be back talking more about communication after this break. It's my Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, second hour, better than the first. Can I get a hand on that one? I'd like some applause. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Please. Thank you. All right. Please sit down. Sit down. You know, that ruined me last night, Sean. Uh... You know, just that, just that, because a guy that likes to talk like you. Yeah. Okay. Needs uh, a clap track. (laughs) You know what I mean? You need people to clap. And then it gives you, I don't know, 20 seconds between everything you say to think about what you're going to say next. Okay. And after watching the president, I... I'm sorry. There were a couple of times the president was on last night. I thought he was a little annoyed by the clapping. Oh, I'm sure. He wants to get done. Yeah. Let's get back. We're having he's, a barbecue he's, he, feast. You know, exactly. Come on. I got dinner waiting here. It was a fun exchange, by the way. Did you notice when uh, he said, I uh, I know, I don't have another election? Yes. And everyone started clapping. And, no, the, well, the Republicans yeah. started clapping. And then... And then they stopped, and then, realizing, oh, we shouldn't do that. Well, and then he got... And they had, well... That's because I won the last two. Yeah. So you know what we call this stage that the president's in? The honeymoon's over, right? They're like they're like empty nesters now. This relationship's in trouble. In politics, it's called being a lame duck. Yes, it is a lame duck, but you can't say that in marriage. So I'm trying to use a marriage okay. metaphor. You can't say my wife is such a lame duck. You know what I mean? That'll get you in trouble. So here I, I can see that. Yeah. I, I, I put mm-hmm. together something for the coach's corner about. Um, how our nearly dead marriage, some people are in marriages that are just, you know, gasping for air, could probably learn some great things from the newlyweds. So the nearly dead can learn lessons from the newlywed. And today, uh, five simple tools, five simple tools that you can learn from now. And it's funny because I work with newlyweds, and honestly, a lot of them are clueless because you try to tell them, you know, marriage is hard, and they look at you and they're like, we know. We know. But, but it feels so, so good. And so if you could just somehow capture that excitement, that's a good thing to learn. If you could bottle that, geez. Yeah. 
And that is a chemistry. So the research shows we have a we kind of have a heightened state of chemistry for about they say six months to two years. I guess that's unless you get pregnant. If you get pregnant, I'm say it goes shot. that long. But once you're pregnant, yeah, chemistry's over. But um, for about six months to two years, we have more adrenaline in our system, more oxytocin, more uh, dopamine to make us dopey. We have all this chemistry, and it's all on board, which makes everything they say cute and everything funny. We somehow have to rebottle that. Here are some ideas. I'm just so in love. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Okay. That was weird. Uh, so here's, here's five things. First thing that we could learn from our newlyweds. Newlyweds find time to date each other. Thank you. It is true. Do you remember? The state of that union is good. That state of that union is really good. It's not, it's not like lame duck. It's, it's a good state. So the, the funny thing about it is when you were first dating, you, you would do anything to be with each other. Right? Mm-hmm. You'd kill yourself to just have another minute. I just to talk. We did it so. F- yeah, you, you're, yeah, yeah. You're actually weird that way. I know. I mean, nobody like nobody gets married like you and Cindy in a week. That's weird. <laughs> okay, it wasn't a week. In ten days. <laughs> I mean, that was it was weird. more like sixteen weeks. Wow. Which you know, it's amazing. It's still together. Seventeen years. And thriving, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, but you've got you find time to date each other. You'd go on dates. You go yes, watch movies, and so you do stuff. Mm-hmm. Healthy relationships find time to date each other. You know what else we do? What? We talk about the kids. Oh. I'm certain. No. I'm, oh, is that good? I think that's a good thing. Is we it? talk about the family. We talk about. But shouldn't you talk we about. We talk. You talk. You do talk. That's, see, that's another thing we used to do when you're a newlywed, right? Mm-hmm. You could talk each other's ear off. Oh, no. And how many times have you, you sat with your spouse and you're like, if I hear that story one more time. <laughs> Seriously. Have you ever been out with friends when they're actually finishing each, you, the, each other's story? And they're uh-huh. like, oh, no, no, don't, don't say that. Don't talk about that. Don't tell They've that. heard that. They've heard that. And I, the, the guys we go with are like, no, I don't think they have. <laughs> and she's like, they have. You remember the thing and the guy and the duck and quack? Yeah. Yeah. They've heard it. Uh, you don't want to hear it. It's not even worth it. Okay. So we got to let each other talk. But So first, find time to date each other. Two, they got to do fun things. My daughter is graduating from college, and guess where she and her husband are going when they both graduate? Puerto Rico. No. Oh. Europe. Guess how long? A year. Six weeks. Wow. By the way, they both have jobs. Now, if I told my wife, you know what? I think we just need to go backpack Europe. Oh, they're going to backpack? They're going to kind of walk through Europe. Wow. Which I think is crazy. But that's because I'm old, and I'm a newly dead, or a nearly dead. (laughs) And my newlywed daughter is thinking, this is going to be the greatest thing. What could be better than six weeks with my spouse? Now, so out there in listener land, if I said, what could be better than six weeks with your spouse, what comes to mind? <laughs> because if you have a list of like, well, I don't know. How about a root canal? That would be good. If you already have a list, then all of a sudden, you probably aren't doing enough fun things together. I wouldn't say a root canal. but No. But, I mean, a lot of us think that's a lot of time together. How do we get that back? We've got to make that time more fun. We've got to make time to go on dates, yes. and we've got to make the time that we're having fun. By the way, if you're having fun time, you're going to have chemistry. If you're having a fun time, if you're doing something really fun, like going to the – going to uh, – if you're riding go, uh, go-karts. Yeah. Have you ever done that with Cindy? Take no. Her. Oh, she'd love it. She'd school you. And, but if you're racing go-karts, the oh, no, energy we have, we... and the adrenaline of that is going to be attributed to your relationship. She, she did. She did. 
beat me at that. But what's sense. funny, once we start having kids, we're like, no, I don't want to risk anything. Oh, no, we took the kids. The kids were in the cars with us. You yeah. kidding? You got to. Uh, newlyweds laugh and talk positively. They're so curious. That is one of the neat things about a newlywed is they're both so curious. Nobody's burnt out yet. We haven't burnt each other out. How can that be? We haven't destroyed each other. Uh, we have to laugh more. Humor is a great way to do that. By the way, you can go on Netflix, find a really great series, sit down with your spouse, find something you both relate to, and watch it every night. We do that, we do that sometimes for date night. We do, I told you we do stay dates. Yeah. Uh-huh. We actually go to the movie sh- movie. Place, oh yeah, borrow and, the popcorn and get the machine. popcorn, yeah, and then bring it back home That's and right. watch something on TV. Stay dates, exactly. He steals popcorn from a well, he paid for it. No, it, and and you know the state of our union. So is, we is need good. to laugh and have and be happy. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, every one of these ideas would also apply with Congress and the office of the president. Of course, right? More dates. More dates. More fun things together. Mm-hmm. Laugh and talk positively. I've I've got the solution. What? I've got what we need to do as a country. We need to send Congress and the president to Europe to backpack for six weeks. Across Europe. Yes. Brilliant idea. Let me give you one more that we don't need them doing. Um, the fourth one that newlyweds do that the new, nearly deads aren't doing, they have fun flirting. Ooh. So think about the last time you and your spouse flirted. You know what I mean? Last so, night. Like. Wow, really? Give me a give me some applause on that. Good job, Sean. Okay, now stop that. And what we're going to have you do, Sean, right now? I just want you to just repeat the flirt for the, for the listening audience. <laughs> um, no, not this will be fun. This will be fun. It wasn't. What what it, was it's, the flirt? It's visual. It, oh, it wasn't verbal. Okay, let's not go there. Yeah. But flirting now. I mean, when you're old and married, it's kind of like, did you just say that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> You. Is that all you think of? No. Yes. No. We don't flirt anymore, but when you were dating, you would flirt your little heads off. So we've got to start flirting again. Again, we don't need Congress and the president to flirt, but we do need we need them to be engaged and to like each other. We need them to talk. Yeah. Last but not least, we need to feed each other without an expectation. Back when we were dating, we fed each other love and caring and giving, and we did stuff for each other just because we loved and we cared. And the more we loved and we cared, the more we felt love and the more we cared. Now we only feed when we're being fed. We're expecting it. We think it should be reciprocal. We're keeping score. Yeah, newlyweds have a great way about it. Just love. Just love. Are you crying, Sean? There's a, there's a, you know... A mist in the air. That's cute. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. We like the clap track. It's going to be a new part of the show. Clap track. Makes everybody feel better. We'll take a break. When we come back, talking about gurus, talking about love, who knows it better than our next guest? Have you ever heard of a website called A Spoonful of Sugar? Is that what it's called? Spoonful of Parenting. Yeah, sorry. Have you ever heard of a website called The Spoonful of Parenting? The queen, the guru, Julie K. Nelson, the mom bomb. She's going to teach us about how we can communicate and teach more effective communication to our children. This is The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after this break. The silence. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Enjoy the silence. This is a great tune, too. This, again, is, uh, you know, bringing me back to the 80s. Depeche Mode. Words are so very unnecessary. Anyway. Hey, in the house, the mom bomb is here. The child whisperer. Wife and mother of five, Julie Nelson's joining us. She is the author of Parenting with Spiritual Power and is on faculty at uh, Utah Valley University where she teaches applied parenting and marriage and relationship skills. She's got a killer website. It's a spoonful of parenting, duh.com. Duh? Is it in the middle of it? <laughs> no. It's a spoonful of parenting, not a spoonful of sugar. But if you want to break out into song, Be My Guest. No, Be My Guest is another song. Mm, that's from another one. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there are. <laughs> Julie K. Nelson has has been coming on the show forever. And, uh, and you still haven't uh, and, and the uninvited me, have no, you? No, because you're fantastic. <laughs> you help us make sure that we don't ruin our children. Yeah, that's the whole point of coming on earth is to be here, have a, be parents, have relationships, and then pass it on to your kids. Pass it on. Pass on the healthy. Em, and not wreck them. Yeah. In the process. You don't know Wreck'em Ralph. No. You just want to pass on the goodness. Mm-hmm. Now, communication is something I'm thinking we're not passing on very well. Not so great. You know what I mean? It's kind of like we don't know how to do it as parents, so we we fight, we flight, we do all these silly things, mm-hmm. and then our kids pick up those tendencies, and then we send them off to get married. Yeah. And they tend to do all kinds of deviant things that make us so mad that we lose our heads and say things that we're like, what did I yeah. just say? Did oh, that yeah. come out of my mouth? Are you kidding me? That and you start like channeling me. your parents. Sound like just like my mom. My mom just came out of my mouth. That's so bad. Yeah, yeah. But totally true. Yeah. Have you ever, have you really said something you're like, holy cow. Yeah. That even, that sounded like my mom. And that you, was, yeah, yeah. Do you sound like your dad? I sound like my mom. It's crazy. <laughs> it is the weirdest. <laughs> yeah, I do sound like my dad. In fact, my mom used to say, oh, you sound like your father. And I'd be like, that's good. I didn't want to sound like my aunt. Um, talk about kids. What do we What do we need to focus on? Because well, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's hard. And today we're talking about communication, Matt, yeah, right? Right. Uh, first part was on communication with your spouse. Yeah. And then we tend to, as couples, start having kids. Oh. And then we it's a whole other ballgame because now well, we got to communicate with kids who really aren't on the same level as your spouse, no. mature-wise. I mean, sometimes you think your spouse is acting like a 12-year-old, but... That's right. We would hope that they would be an adult, at least be reasonable. Yeah. Our kids are not always reasonable. No. And they don't always communicate what they need. Your spouse can hopefully say, I really need this from you. Hopefully, if we are communicating, we are able to verbalize and to be appropriate. Um, but kids are not always appropriate. That's important to remember yeah. because... You know, they don't have the maturity. They don't necessarily even have the Mm self-awareness. They don't have a lot of stuff. So we can, we should get why they're struggling. Yeah. But as parents, we we should have those skills. It's hard because, you know, you uh, have a spouse who maybe really feels underappreciated or needs some time to spend with you. And like Sean said with his wife, hey, honey, I think we need some time together. Let's go off on and have a date. I need to talk. Or his wife might say that. But if you have a child who's feeling underappreciated or lacking attention, they're not going to say, mother, father, Father. I'm I'm feeling lack of appreciation here. I'm (laughs) having less of your attention than my siblings. And therefore, I would like some more of your time. They don't say that. Rather, they fall on the floor and start. 
okay. screaming. Or pull their sister's hair. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And it's game on. That's oh, right. Yeah. And then they've interrupted your nap. Yeah. And it's all over. So we need to talk a little bit about how to communicate with kids who are feeling undervalued or unappreciated or need um, the more sense of belongingness. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to base today um, our topic on some research that was done by Rudolf Dreikers. Dreikers. Uh, yes. Spell it. Yes. D R E I K. Drikers. Wasn't he a E-R-S. movie star mm-hmm. in the 20s? <laughs> Great movie star in the 20s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They he called came him Rudy? Al- he- <laughs> no. This is Rudolph. <laughs> okay. Rudolph. Rudolph. He, uh, he, uh, he was in the, you know, came on the scene of psychology, positive psychology. He was a follower of Adler. Adler uh-huh. And 40s, 50s, 60s, that sort of yeah. era. When I grew up, you know, those kind of well, times. Yes. We don't need to go yes. there. Uh, and uh, so he came up with what's called the four mistaken goals that children oh. feel. Um, and they act out because they feel a sense of lack of belongingness to whatever social group they belong to, which is a family, of course. Yeah. You know? So when, you, when they feel like they don't belong, mm-hmm. th- they have these four mistaken goals. Yes. Yes. I think it's brilliant. It's positive psychology. I love it. And um, so we're going to talk about those four cool. goals today. They're mistaken goals to now, get the sense of belongingness that they are craving. Every human wants to belong. That's right. It's like the most basic it's of Maslow's all needs. It's Maslow's higher craving needs is the number one thing you need to feel a sense of belongingness and importance and if you don't feel that then everything else crumbles yeah what yeah. matters because you historically you'd be dead if you didn't belong right right that's yeah. cool yeah okay survival so he has different names for these i've changed them because it's easier for our listeners to remember this and i teach this in the university as well so i call it the abcs i also think by the way nelson is easier to remember than drikers <laughs> So change away. Okay, okay. So we're going to call them the ABCs because they all stand for A, B, C, D. And we'll do D, too. So here are the four mistaken goals. The first one is A, stands for attention. Okay. okay, and you know what I'm talking, what I'm talking about when oh. your child, your child needs attention, yeah. right? We They're all need get it. it. They yeah. will get yeah. it. Yeah, and they'll do all kinds of things to get it. Yeah, tip okay? over their milk. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mom, 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 mother, mom, mom. <sighs> Exactly. We were acting it out for you. Thank we, you. We will do. We will, we, act, we will out act out, each out every one of them. Okay, Sean. Well, next it's, one. It's kind of like the seagulls in uh, yeah. Mine, in mine, 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 exactly. mine, yeah. mine. We're That's doing all kinds so of Disney sad. references today. It is. It's a Disney. Movie. Okay. So the second one, Drucker's called it power or control. I'm calling it B for boss. He wants to be the boss. Mm. Okay. Okay. He wants power control. We don't. I don't have an. I don't have an uh, an act oh. for being the boss. <laughs> I, I'm trying to oh, figure out which this is one. Where they get demanding, like, <laughs> yeah, bring me the phone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I've seen. I've seen. Have you uh, seen me be the boss? No, I've seen my my it's daughter. It's basically she, the go child. Go give me a drink. It's basically yeah. the child who says no. Oh. No. No. Pick yeah. me up. Yeah. Yeah. I need no. a ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one is going to be C for, and he called it revenge. I'm going to ca- call it C for counter hurt mm. because they feel like you have hurt them. So they're going to hurt back. Okay. Ooh. And then our D is for disabled. What does that mean? That means a child who feels completely helpless. Yeah, they don't know what to do. They're broken. Yes. They feel stuck. Yes, yes. yes okay. They break down and the crying now, starts. Yes, okay. what Drikers did is he found this way that he could form kind of a formulaic type way of breaking it down to if we can figure out what the child's goal is. If we know what the goal is, we can address it. And what I love about his approach is that he said how you can tell the child's goal of those four things is to tell, first of all, how does it make you feel? Hmm. What is your initial reaction? If you could uh, uh, react to that child immediately, what would it be? If you were annoyed or irritated, stop. Yeah, it's uh, it's attention. 
right? It's the mom, oh, mom, yeah, mom, yeah. mom. If you're feeling annoyed and yeah. irritated. So it's what you feel. It's why, how so I as a feel. Parent, if I feel annoyed, mm-hmm. they're going after attention. Yes. Or irritated, those kind of things. It's yeah. attention. Okay. If I'm feeling anger, mm-hmm. it's because they want power or control. They're trying to be the boss. Interesting. If I want to hurt back, it would be C because we're in this hurt game. Oh, so like if they're hurting someone else and you grab them and hurt them. And then they turn around and punch you and then you want to smack them. Here we go. And then you start saying, you little. And then they say, I hate you. That's right. And then it just escalates. And then the next thing you know, you're on cops. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. That's called the revenge game. And that's C. That's for counter hurt. Uh, D, if you have a child, I can't do it. You're like, oh. Yeah. It's hopeless. And and you feel hopeless like this. I feel hope this is this is just Will he ever grow yeah, out of this? Yeah, he can never you know he's just can't do anything. Interesting. I'll have to do it for him. But that's hopeless. assuming I guess that I'm wired right. I have you're child. wired right. So it's training the parent to identify their feelings to know how they're reacting so okay. that they'll know the child's mistaken goal. Of and by the way, that's also probably super important to Tune into your emotion because mm-hmm. your emotion is where this is going to get ugly. Uh huh. Right. Because it's your so response. So the next part is is what Dreiker says is what we tend to do as parents is because of our reaction is on attention we just give in. All right, have that cookie. All right, just be quiet. Just <laughs> here. What do you want? You know. What do you want twenty bucks? Will that shut yeah, you up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we give in. B. If we're, they're trying to have control, control or power, and they're trying to be the boss, we're going to fight for control. Mm. All right. Yeah. So no, you're not. I'm grounding. No, I'm. No, you're not. Now yeah. you're grounded for two weeks. Now, no, I don't care what your friends say. I am the butt yeah. in charge. Don't argue uh, with me. Do you want to make it three? Yeah. Holy exactly. Cow. Were you yeah. taping me yesterday? <laughs> this was yesterday. Yeah. Exactly. That's great. Those types of things. Yeah. Uh, then we have C. We want to seek revenge oh, because yeah? if they're trying to undermine me, then I'm just going to try to undermine them, and I'm yeah. going to say something probably wickedly bad back yeah. to them about how much I hate them. I you I took you into the world. I can take you out. Mm. Um, I'm going to seek revenge in any way I can. And then D, I'm going to, if they're just disabled and I'm feeling hopeless, I'm just going to give in and do it for them. Just do it. I don't want to require anything. Why ask him? He can't do that job. Yeah. You know, and they ask the sibling, just clean the bathroom. He can't do it. He never does it right anyway. You know, I'll just tie your shoes for you because you never get them. I'll put your shoes on the feet because you don't remember. You know, so I just. Sure, you're 16, but just get your foot over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just so we'll shoe. before the break we'll just end right there and just kind of stop there. That's this what Dreiker says is what we do as parents to feed into those mistaken goals of identity. But we're not supposed to do that. No. So we'll talk about what to do. So when we have the feeling, we just kind of naturally have a kind of a reaction uh-huh. that's not effective. We're not effective at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when do we get a ground them? <laughs> we'll talk about that. Okay. We're gonna have more with Julie K. Nelson, the bomb mom. See now you get it. Now you know why she's the child whisperer. Because she slowly works magic on your child. And I whisper on occasion. That's weird. Let's go to break on a whisper. We're going to break. Julie K. Nelson, her is her, uh, is her, ga- is her name. <laughs> her game is a spoonful of parenting.com. Go check out the website. Great stuff on there. Plus announcements of new books. She's, she's working hard. And now she's on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll take a break. Back after this with more right here on BYU Radio.
Oh, this is great. You just turned Julie to Jello. I know. Actually, Jim Croce did it. Yeah. Uh, operator, you just turned into Mush. Do you? I grew up with him. Was he in your neighborhood? Yeah, well, you know, listening to him. Did your parents play this on a vinyl? <laughs> oh, I loved him. I knew mm-hmm. all his songs. You, uh, Bad, badly, Roy I was Brown. a child of the 60s. Oh, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. You see, he's great. Yeah. But, but notice, um, once you go there, th- this is why parenting is important, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're all going to be adults. And not only did our parents play great music, but it couldn't hide the fact that they still didn't know what we wanted. <laughs> and we'd still throw our fits and have our temper tantrums. Uh, that's why we brought the, the, the real pro in, Julie K. Nelson. I'm still throwing the K in there. That's all right. That's, uh, I think it's on my book. So. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's the bomb mom and the child whisperer. She is the author of the book that you got to go get called Parenting the Spiritual Power. And a new book coming out called? Uh, Keep It Real and Grab a Plunger, 25 Tips for Surviving Parenthood. That's great. Mm-hmm. And someday we'll talk about the plunger. We will. Hopefully, how to hit later your head over, <laughs> over the head uh, of your uh, child. I hope it's not today. It's not today. <laughs> okay. It's a great weapon to get your child's attention. But you've been trying to walk us through the fact that uh, kids have basic goals. Needs, yeah. And if you can understand what their goal is, mm-hmm. you don't have to freak out about their approach. Yeah, and what help what this helps me to do, and I hope others, is that when a child is having a fit or being annoying or whatever, if we can kind of have this formula written somewhere on our fridge or on our phone, then we just look down at it and it helps us to be more, um, less emotional yeah. and more uh, logical. logical and looking at the child and going, hey, my child needs something. Let me figure out what that is. If not, then we just become embroiled in the emotional moment. And then I react and then we all start throwing you know, garbage at each other and yeah. it, just, it just escalates. It's a protocol. And mm-hmm. like, you know, when you go to the doctor's office and, you know, they wheel someone in that's just a mess, why don't they freak out? Well, because they have a protocol. Yeah. They They're, go through these steps, these, yeah. check, these checkpoints. So before I freak out, let me get all the way from yeah, A so to this Z. Yeah, this helps me to checkpoint myself right. and go, okay, then let's I'll go through out. and <laughs> see what's going on here, like a doctor analyzing a yeah. patient. And that's all you're saying is yeah. go A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. See if which one it is. Whatever's going on, they either want attention, they mm-hmm. want to be the boss, they want to counter and hurt you. I don't remember what, I don't remember yeah, what you call it. Yeah, counter hurt. Uh-huh. And they're, or they're disabled. Yeah. So Drykirk's called it attention, power, revenge, or helplessness. So go look him up. He's, he's got great work out there. And it just helps me to feel like, wow, this is doable, this yeah. whole parenting thing. I can figure out and communicate with my child in a moment of stress. I love because it. Because what's happening is that they're showing some kind of uh, event uh, is has is kind of erupted. Yeah. Now, the important thing in remembering all this is I'm dealing with a moment. This is just a, a moment. moment in time. This is a moment in time, and I've got to figure out how to address the moment, that, but the un- underlying need still is there. So let's say the child is like, mom, 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 or whatever. They, let's say they're doing attention, mm-hmm. and they're trying to annoy you because they want the attention. Yeah. Yeah. Then you, then you address it the appropriate way, but the important thing is to say, my child needs more of this. They're lacking. They want. They need lacking that, fed. that. So I have to feed that when they're That's not cool. misbehaving. Holy I need to feed cow. that so that there's less incidences of them doing these misbehaviors. Do you know what you're bringing to mind? What's that? State of the Union. Mm, let's clap. Uh, we'd like to give you a hand. Thank you. Thank you very much. You nailed it. But honestly, thank you. Thank you. Isn't it interesting how the volume goes up and down? You know, it's kind, kind of, like, of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. But don't you think these needs in the fighting in our Congress with our president and between Congress, they just want attention. Mm-hmm. 
power. Yes. Revenge. And they're hopeless. <laughs> It describes it's the our exact Congress. same thing, honestly. <laughs> our, and if we Congress. would just understand that all this, they're just looking for attention. They are. Let them have it. Let them have it. But let's not seek revenge. I'm not sure if it's attention or mm-hmm. campaign dollars. Well, or is it, it the, the same, same thing? thing? It's exactly the same thing. But it's funny because we get it. We get it with our kids, and we're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. these little punks. Mm-hmm. But. It's the same thing with With our marriages, and it's the same thing with our— Yeah, Congress could clean up their act a lot if we could just have them relate to each other on the goals of misbehavior. They're all misbehaving out there in Washington, D.C. That's why they're—yeah, that's why we don't always love them. Yes, and then they're like, don't do anything and don't pass any laws and don't do anything because we are just—we can't. We're hopeless. Because it's hopeless. Disabled. We can't. Blame it on somebody else. So can't do it. And by the way, this will work in the office. Mm Mm-hmm. So if anyone's out there driving home thinking, oh, man, that person is just looking for power. Mm-hmm. But you can use the skills. So then what are we supposed to do instead so, of reacting? Yes. Yeah, so we want to analyze our feelings. That's important because if we as parents are not emotionally intelligent, then we can't go through this formula. You've got to figure out how you're feeling and then resist the impulse to give in or whatever it is, you know, fight for control, seek revenge or, or you know, do it for them. Then the last one is the solution. This is where we want to go. And mm. this is where uh, Dreikers uh, helps us to do a formula on uh, addressing the situation in an appropriate way. Being healthy, right? Yes. So if we have determined that the child's goal is attention... Because they made us feel annoyed and irritated, mm-hmm. all right? Then we would ignore or withdraw. So, if their goal is attention, mm-hmm. your basic out, your goal should be withdraw. Yes, to withdraw or ignore them in the moment, because I don't want to give them the attention. They the attention look for. they're looking for in the inappropriate way. Mm. They're being inappropriate. So I say, so let's say I'm on the phone and they're like, mom, mom. And they're, you know, hitting my head, my, my, my lap, you know, yeah. hit mom, mom. I go like this and put the hand up. And I say, not now I'm on the phone. That's great. Then I go back and I finish my phone call. Now I don't want to make it a lengthy phone call because yeah. kids need to not have a long period of time before I give them the positive attention. Mm-hmm. But as long as they wait their turn and like say five minutes later, I get off the phone. Then I say, now, honey, I'm here for you. Thank you for waiting. Then you give them then the I attention. Engage. Then I engage. You're not doing it in, in the, the moment. moment. Yeah. That's right. So That's in the great. moment, withdraw, ignore. Um, but like, know. don't get mad. Like, get away. Right. Go to your room. I'm going to get you yes. when I'm off this phone. Yeah. 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 You can't or do that. Give in. Or give it and say, oh, what do you want? What? Yeah. What do you want? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so don't. At the checkout stand when they want the candy, yeah. don't. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Just ignore. That's but then the next time that they're not demanding mm-hmm. and doing that sort of thing, then say, you know what, honey? I think today we get to have a candy because you have done, and then You've explain their so, behavior. Yeah. Explain their it's behavior. Great. Give it to them when they're being good, not when they're being bad. Oh, that's okay? good. All right. So now let's say it's going to be B for the boss. They want control and power, and I think that beside attention, this is the number one goal for most kids. This is their this is their misguided goal. Yeah. They, they and they all and we need that as kids. We need to have control and power, and we have so little of it. Well, and a lot of parents really they're not the boss, so the kids are. So it's like they're <laughs> like, well, no one's going to take charge here. So I will. well, and too many parents are control freaks like myself, yeah. who tend to not give kids the power and control that they should have. Yeah, we need. We it. want. Yeah. We wanted to make every decision for them and tell them what to do, and they really should have more autonomy but besides so they're being the boss what we'd start feeling angry we start feeling angry because they're going to tell us, us no no and they won't you know mind us or whatever so we want to fight for control yes you better come right now let's say let's do this scenario matt we're at the kitchen table and we serve them this lovely dinner and it consists of meat potatoes and peas and the child looks at it and goes blah i hate peas <laughs> 
I'm and, not eating the peas. Yes. And you say, but I worked hard to provide for this. Mm. I went to work and I burned the money and I went to the store and I prepared the peas and they're sitting there on that table and you're going to eat every last one of those. Okay, now we are fighting for control for over some peas. Yeah. Right? Okay, so we feel angry and we want control. You're going to eat those. Don't you get off that table till you eat those peas. Oh, and then they right? start getting off. The- oh, All right. Here we go. And then there's the parent that puts them in the refrigerator and gives them to them for breakfast. <laughs> then there's the other parent that says, I'll eat them. I'll eat them. Let me eat them. B often goes right in, feeds right into C. Um, yeah, then you're countering Because each other. then what happens is, and then the child says, well, they're disgusting and I hate them, and they start throwing peas at your face. Or, at, or when you walk away beyond the back of your head. Bing, bing. Uh, you know, Ooh. so that they can revenge. Them is fighting words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would this be giving them to the dog too? <laughs> so what do, you, what do you do? So let's say it's going to be the anger and they want to fight for control. Then the, again is to disengage. So they're going to be in your face going, you can't make me, you know, whatever it is. Like, you can't make me come home. You can't grill me. And they're in your face. You look at them with the most blank look on your face. I mean, not blank as far as, you know, there's no reaction. But you just have a nice neutral neutral face and you go, that may be so. Nevertheless, that's the way it is. Because what they want to do is to get you to start screaming back yeah, at them. Don't play And then one-up on them. And then they get to have more ammunition because if you say something, then they use that against you. And then they start, you know, it just gets yeah. worse and worse. Nevertheless, so, you're still going to eat your that, peas. Nevertheless, that's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, nevertheless. Um, so don't you, just don't You can't discuss. take the bait. That's you the key. You can't give them more ammunition. And when you start yelling at them, that gives them more stuff to throw back at you. Well, and it also shows they are the boss. Yes. Because you're responding. That's right. So you're just saying kind They've of won. remain disengaged, yes. neutral, yes. but nevertheless, that is your that is your curfew. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you feel that way. So basically, disengage emotionally and don't discuss anymore. That's the way it is. And then do we, I guess we come back later, mm-hmm. and then we could discuss mm-hmm. the curfew. Yes, when we're when we're both calmed down on different terms on different terms. But let's when, talk when, about yeah, it. the adult mm-hmm. is now. Bringing but right it. now we're not able to talk about this because see, I, I can see that you're Good. really really angry about this. Yeah. So disengage doesn't mean that you can't negotiate later. But right now is not the time to negotiate right. or to even hear their side of the story because it's not going to be a healthy communication. Right. So not right now. I know you're feeling this way, but that's the way it is. But after you've calmed down, if you want to discuss it, let's do that. I'd love to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. That's great. All right. So counter hurt. This one is a great one because it is, it is, oh. This is where they, they, this is, if you, if you don't get the boss one right, you're going to just escalate it. It's going to move into, B goes into C. Yeah. Then they start uh, hurting you and saying things and throwing peas at you and saying all things like, um, I wish you were dead. I hate Mm -hmm. you, mom. You're the worst thing, you know, all that sort of stuff. And they'll hurt you back. And then you want to seek revenge and do something back and you want to like rip their little hide off, you know. And this is where. This is where, this is where a little kid will run away for an hour <laughs> i'm moving that's right. i'm leaving i'm packing my bags and i'm moving up. you know this is they're yeah. gonna revenge is i'm leaving this house yeah i don't need this anymore so this is their revenge but see i would do that yeah. and everyone would be like bye <laughs> let me help you pack and then Why i was to keep too you, lazy keep to carry the bag there. very far <laughs> my daughters have a very interesting response to something like that 
they start they start basically throwing lots for for the stuff in the in the room of the person who's leaving. <laughs> I get yes. a room. I get a room. Hey, I want her. Can, I want can her. I have her. I want her clothes. I want her CD books. Player. Yeah. They raffling things off before they're even out the front door. Oh, oh that's terrible. Thank heavens for sisters. So yes, don't seek revenge, folks. The answer to that on C, the solution is be non-emotional. That may be so. How interesting. I see that. I hmm. you know, I could see that you are, yeah. are um, wanting to pack up and go. That's that you could you could choose that. Yeah, we'll miss you. Yeah, that could be hard. Mm-hmm. Good luck out there. Um, Do you I want hope, a lunch? Could I pack you a PBJ? <laughs> For my mom, it was right if you get work. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I hate you. I don't want to be in this family anymore. Yeah, you know that kind of play thing. That's the sick. game. Um, I I'm sorry that you feel that way. Okay, it's a non-emotional response. Yeah. It's similar to be where you disengage, but you don't play into the game. What's uh, disabled? Disabled. What? You feel hopeless. You want to give in, but then again, the solution is to not give in. Don't to give, give in. them the encouragement that they can do. They can do small baby steps. Yes, I know you can do this. And basically, and, and have them do it. And have them do it. And then talk about how you, you know, did they it. They flop on the floor. I can't clean my room. It's too hard. <laughs> then you say, I know you can do this. Let's start with the blocks. Oh, Let's start with the blocks. So Let's just do blocks. That's all. See, I know you can do blocks. You gave an example of a, that would be like a five-year-old kid, but that was my 17-year-old. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what to do with him because I'm like, that's pitiful. Yeah. Well, it's great right now. My daughter's in the middle of, um, okay, she's 18, looking for a job. And oh, she's yeah. feeling a little hopeless right now. So I left her on the couch, and she's kind of feeling a little bit hopeless. I can't do this, you know. And so I have to baby step her through. I know you can do this. Who can we call? Let's start go get on the phone and start calling some different agencies. There you go. And I help her walk her through it. I don't do it for yeah. her. Just give her the list. Kind of give her some I, tools. But I'm supporting her in yeah. that I'll do this much, but then you do the rest. That's what else? great. So you give them the support. You scaffold is what we call it. And don't uh, let them give in and don't do it for them. And but, don't get even. Yes, yes. Well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a lot. Yeah. We learned a we lot. We packed it in. <laughs> you always do, though. Man. I do. And I think you need a hotline. I do. So we could just call and say, okay, take this one. <laughs> Your turn. Wow. Julie Nelson's her name. Go to the website, spoonfulofparenting.com. Great stuff. And really, a lot of just fun, free stuff. Videos, you got it mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. The Bomb Mom. We'll take a break. Come back. When we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to play a little quote game, I believe. We're going to try to finish each other's quotes. Well, not each other's, but quotes that have been pre-selected. Like do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They we're going to finish sentences. each other's sentences. Okay. This is the Matt Townsend Show, folks. Again, remember, our goal is to help you through this crazy thing called life, giving you the tools, the ideas to make it a little easier for you. We'll be right back to wrap it up right here on BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show wrapping it up another two hours of fun and entertainment brought to you by hey we need a vendor that we could pitch to brought to you by a spoonful of parenting.com beating it out of your child one conversation at a time thank you thank you very much thank you 
I'd like to get back to the speech now. Thank you. They all kind of burst into, it's like, yeah, it's kind of spastic clapping. (laughs) Splapping, we call it. In the house, Brennan is here, and uh, Brennan has been given a very special assignment. We're gonna, we wanted to play a game at the end of today. Uh, again, Julie K. Nelson is still with us from a spoonful of parenting.com. And uh, Brennan has been putting together a game called Finish the Quote. Brennan, explain. Yeah, so uh, we figured we were talking about communication, and we have this weird cultural idea that it's um, somehow like romantic if people can finish each other's yeah, sentences. Like, well, you're so tight and united that you finish each other's sentences. Which is sort of just creepy and yeah. unpleasant. And rude, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. But you're whatever the case, we want you to finish some sentences, some movie okay. sentences. So these are sentences in movies. Some famous ones. I get to finish the sentence. We'll, we'll let you finish one. Thank yeah. you. But Sean will beat us all. Sean. Sean's watched Sean every movie. Is, yeah. He's Mr. Movie Guru. Yeah. It's kind of awkward. Now, when I give these to you, I'm not I'm not going to do the accents, mostly because okay. I'm bad at it, but because I don't want to make it too easy okay. either. Okay. Now, do you, do you want us to finish the sentences? Yeah. Like, accurately. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Game on. Game on. So, in the theme of uh, communication in marriage and love, this quote. Are you going to tell us the movie? No. Okay. Well, if you need help. Okay. So, it's the quote is, love means never... Blank. Saying you're sorry. Boom. You got it. Having to say you're sorry. Having, I'll say so, yeah. Wow. That wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I totally beat you on that one. That was really good. Is this a race? Am I supposed to go faster? <laughs> we can make it a race for sure. Yeah. Love means never having to say you're sorry. To tase someone. <laughs> Is that rude? But it does mean that. Not even close. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Wow. There you go. Was she crying? Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. What movie was that, Sean? That was Allie McGraw in Love Story. Oh, Love Good Story. Work. I watched that when I was seven. <laughs> that was weird. Totally inappropriate <laughs> for a seven-year-old. Totally was. That's where I learned a lot of stuff I wasn't supposed to learn. <laughs> That's why he's a marriage family therapist. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Trying to solve my own problems. Uh, give us All another right. one, Brennan. So the next one, uh, we know that diamonds are a girl's best friend. So this one, yeah. the quote is, a boy's best friend is... A dog. No, no, think movies. A boy's best friend is An a... An Uzi. A gun. A Labrador. No. What? Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Oh, sweet. But oh. do you know the movie? It seems sweet, but do you know the oh, movie? Uh, that, no. that it is, sounds like Jimmy... Uh, that's Mommy Dearest. Oh. That's a great that's movie. That's Psycho. That's Psycho. Oh. That is Anthony oh, Perkins as Norman Bates. Okay. Not, that is not creepy. Sweet. Did not he sweet. say that? So a boy's sweet. best friend is his mother yeah. up in the attic? I think there's like a conversation. She says, don't you go out and hang out with people or he says. Oh, or sorry. I, says, I avoided that movie completely. Yeah. I'm not into creepy shows. I love that movie. It's not that creepy. And, well, you know what? I, okay. I, I heard about it in the shower scene. And so when I was about a 40-year-old woman, <laughs> I thought, okay, I can handle this. I will finally watch Psycho. Yeah. I couldn't take a shower for weeks. Well, I, you, I but you have to realize, <laughs> you have to realize that's all. Cho- that is all Hershey's syrup in that shower. I don't care. It Coke freaked me out. And and it a is, grown, yes. A grown woman, I could not. Oh. Wa- I, even a grown woman, I couldn't handle. But so I, I avoid all freaky shows. No, that that conversation comes from Janet Leigh and, and Anthony okay. Perkins when she arrives at, at the, the hotel. hotel. Yeah, the Bates Motel. Okay, Bates Motel. Mm. So wow. speaking of mothers, this next one should be an easy one. My mama always said life. Is a box of chocolates. 
Life bites. Like. Was like oh, a, sorry. Was like I'm, a box I'm, I'm of missing the, the word. Okay. Close enough, forest. John. I still get two points. Run, Forrest. Run. <laughs> My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's so good. That's such a great movie. Don't you, you love go. the way he did that accent? Yeah. So great. Mm. I mean, you have someone who has a, a disability as well as he's Southern. It's, and that's kind of tough. Yeah. Southern disability is the hardest. <laughs> the hardest thing to imitate. It's the hardest one you can imitate. <laughs> that's a truism right there. Okay. All right, next. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have. Hmm. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have. Go, Sean. I could have been a contender. Oh, see, oh, I didn't see that one either. Marlon Brando. Yeah. That's the. Uh, on the waterfront. Yeah, I never said that. You want to hear this one? Yeah. Here. Yeah. You don't understand. I could have had class. Oh. I could have been a contender. <laughs> I could have been somebody. See, this is the game you should play with your spouse before you have a big conversation so they don't end up finishing your quotes. <laughs> and you say, honey, we're just going to play the quote game. Let's have you finish some of these and then let's have our talk. Yeah. All right, Matt, I expect you to get this This one. will be easy. Okay? I'm ready. You got to tell him, Soylent Green. Soy- okay, say that again. <laughs> you got to tell him. You got to tell him, Soylent Green, blank, blank. Soylent Green Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Sean. It's Charlton Heston, first of all. Okay, well, that would have been. Oh. And he's being drug away. Okay. And so he's yelling, you got to tell him. Soylent Green is people. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't even close to that. No. Uh, Cheerios people, totally different. Yeah. You got to tell them Soylent Green is people. Wow. What's that from? It's a sci- or it's, it's called Soylent Green. It's a sci-fi movie. Oh, again. Why didn't, do I, didn't, no. Can I just Not suggest? Not my genre. Hey, the next time we do this, let's choose movies that we've watched. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's Sean picked that one, didn't he? <laughs> no, well, yeah. I, I picked this. Oh, one. But these are from green. the top 100 movie quotes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Top if it's 100. sci-fi or scary or freaky, I didn't see it. Try Sorry. A, try one from Disney. Yeah. Uh, Could you do Frozen, please? <laughs> let it go. <laughs> uh, let it go. <laughs> that's there bad. Go. All right. What about this one? This is an old classic. Last oh no. One. It wasn't the airplanes. Oh, that's easy. It yeah. was the sushi. <laughs> oh, no. It wasn't the airplanes. It was the sushi. <laughs> Sean, do you know this one? Is that it? Oh, yes. I'm impressed. Well, he this knows is, everything. This is a classic. He what movie everything. is this from? King Kong. Oh. Oh, okay, so no. What, what killed him? It wasn't the airplanes. Oh, love. It was a woman. It uh-huh. was her. It was beauty. It was beauty. It was beauty. Yeah. yeah. Killed oh. the beast. Yeah, yeah. How come I never that got That would be deemed? three points for me, zero for you, just saying, Matt. Wasn't, wasn't really keeping score, but... Wow. If someone was keeping score if we went right there and knew the score. <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah. We gotta, we've got to play that more often. Next time, that let's was, choose songs. That was a good game, show, Brennan. Let's choose movies we've watched, and that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Right, Sean? Brennan, well done. I have watched most of those. I know. That's the crazy thing. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Julie Kay. Hey, it's my pleasure. Everybody go to a spoonfulofparenting.com. Hey, here's a great quote for you. The wise man has long ears and a short tongue. That's unknown. We don't know who said that. I think Matt Townsend said that. I just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. He looks fairly funny, though. Long ears, short tongue. 
We just need to listen a lot more than we speak, right? That's a simple rule. Hey, tomorrow, Best of Show. And again, back Friday, more ideas, more tools. Hoping you, you can find the good in the world, folks. Take care. We'll be back. Hasta la vista.